Welcome back. Today's episode, we're going to be sharing a testimony that can be found online. We'll put a link in the show notes. Some of you may realize this sounds kind of familiar. So we are glad you're joining us. Hope it's a blessing. Welcome to Restore Gospel Podcast. Hey, welcome back. I'm Mike Barrett. I'm Corey Stark. We are two friends having casual conversation about the things of eternity, and we welcome you into that conversation. Corey, you sent me a link to a video a few weeks ago, and um, it was pretty amazing testimony. Where did you come across this at? Oh, a friend we have in common actually sent it to me, and I was really amazed. Um, you know, <clears throat> the, the reason I think will be evident when we play this testimony of why it's uh, very profound. You know, Mike, in our day, uh, growing up in the Restoration, I it seems that if people um, had a, quote, testimony of, you know, finding the truth, it, it centered around the the narrative that they found that the church was restored, you know, or the, they found that the church was true. But, um, and that's, that's good. But what we can't discount is what Alma teaches that everyone needs to be born again. Everyone needs to be changed. And when that change occurs, it's because of God moving in our lives. And that, that born again experience is the ultimate conversion, right? You know, when we have a, a life of sin and we want to change and follow him, that's what it's about. Um, and so this testimony centers around that. I think it's, it's going to be evident why it's, why it's profound. Well, it's about 30 minutes long, and um, don't be mistaken, when this starts out, I felt like I was coming in the middle of it and I missed something, but it's kind of like a little preview, and then you get the bigger story. So this is going to start right off. Um, we're going to listen to the whole thing and then discuss, I think, certain aspects that I found were that stood out to me. And um, and so... Yeah, and, be, and before we started, I just want to share this verse, and we're going to come back to it at the end, but just just keep this in your in the back of your mind. Uh, if you're listening, you know, if you're driving in your car, you're home taking care of the kids, or, or whatever's going on. Um, Alma says this to his son in the 17th chapter of Alma in the RLDS version. He's, he's describing his experience when he was in a coma and pain and, and confronted by this angel, and he had been rebellious. And he said, I was you know, racked for three days and three nights with pains of a damned soul. And he said, and as I was racked in this state by the memory of my sins, he says this, behold, I remembered also to have heard my father prophesy unto the people concerning the coming of one Jesus Christ, a son of God, to atone for the sins of the world. And he said, and I was caught, my mind was caught up in this thought. He's describing his thoughts in this coma state, literally. And he says, I cried within my heart, O Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me. All right. Well, here we go. Like I said, this is a, just stay with us. It's going to start right off, but it's kind of a little preview. And then it goes into the whole testimony. During this time, I had been struggling with an eating disorder, um, bulimia, and anorexia, um, which had been occurring daily for about four years straight at that point. Um, it controlled my entire life. Um, I felt like I was trapped in this violent cycle that would never end never end no matter what I did no matter how hard I tried I couldn't break out of it I remember being in the bathroom I was in the bathtub and I was I was throwing up and um I remember feeling like um how long will I keep doing this how long will I keep this up and will it ever stop? And um, this is the first time I actually broke down this way. I was crying and the water was running and I just felt 
so enslaved by this addiction, by this disease. And without a premeditated thought, out of nowhere, in my head, I said, Jesus. And um, I said this in my mind. I didn't say it out loud. I said it in my mind. I said, just Jesus in my most vulnerable and desperate state. And I can't explain the feeling. I can't explain the feeling. Um, but it was... Love. Someone loved me. I... I stillness, peace, within seconds, immediately, I felt the crying stopped. I, I, not on my own. And something had come over my entire being. Here's the backstory. I was completely and 100% atheist. I did not believe in God. I didn't believe in spirituality um, at all. I thought believing in such things was silly. And um, basically, I was just, I was just a strong believer in science. And that was about it. And um, I was not a good person by any means by any standard. I was hateful and hurtful. I hurt a lot of people and I was just miserable. I was just a miserable person. I was really good at hiding it too. I was pretty fake about it, but anyway, um, right after high school, I had joined the Navy and during my time in the Navy, I had picked up some pretty bad habits. Um, and I was living a really sinful life. Um, Around 2013, I had developed an eating disorder, and this eating disorder, it grew more and more aggressive as the years went by. By the way, this story is going to be very condensed because if I told you every detail, it would this video would be super long. So long story short, um, after I got out of the Navy, I enrolled in college. And after a few science classes, um, my disbelief in God only grew. And I thought I was so wise and I was just so educated. And everybody who believed in God, um, to me, was just blind to logic um, or delusional or simply ignoring facts. I used to enjoy when people would bring up God so that I could so that I could try and destroy their argument with like science or moral philosophy or just I would ask them impossible questions um, that would put them in this void position and make it pretty much impossible for them to answer. I remember for some reason I hated when people would talk about Jesus in particular and I understand why now but back then I I couldn't identify why he bothered me so much um I felt threatened when somebody would bring him up not a law or any other religion um or any other religious figure but Jesus in particular so this was my mentality at the time um couldn't stand religion. I thought it was harmful to people. I thought it was a man-made construct um, that was pretty much utilized by the government or a comfort blanket for people to use. Even though I would pretty much laugh at other people who believed in Jesus and God um, in general, I I also felt bad for them for being, in my mind, for being so brainwashed um, and trapped into feeling 
guilty about so-called sinning. Um, I thought that was, to me, it was crazy. To me, I just, it didn't make sense. And my mentality towards Christians and anyone who was religious was like, you're wasting your entire life trying to live by these impossible standards and these rules that supposedly God created just to go to a place after you die where you never die. You get it. I mean, I've painted a pretty clear picture of my mentality towards religion. So fast forward to 2017, during my second year of college, um, we were studying DNA. And I remember just being so fascinated with all of the fundamentals of life and what created it all. And like for months, I was, I was completely in awe of what I was learning in class, like completely fascinated. And for some reason, having to accept that all living material and all of its complexities Having to accept that everything just formed on its own, by itself, on accident. It was just, to me, like, it didn't make sense to me. This really bothered me. Um, because deep down, I didn't want to believe something could have created us humans. Um, I didn't want that responsibility, but... Still, I was fascinated and I, I couldn't ignore it. And every Monday and Wednesday after class, um, I would stay after and talk to my professor about all of the questions I had. And most of these questions that I had, my science, my bio professor couldn't even answer. I mean, nobody could answer them because they were just way out there. I remember asking him things like, you know, what made the very first organism officially alive? What was the determining factor and the first twitch or movement of life? And like, what came first? Was it, was it the blood? Was it the heart that pumped the blood? You know, was it the skin that held it all together? Like, you know, what was, what came first? I became obsessed. I obsessed. I, I would listen to these science podcasts and I would YouTube um, different scientists who would discuss the origins of life. Um, and I would watch documentaries of different theories on the evolution of life. And, you know, just multiple different theories on life. And, and But I still had that question of, how did nothing turn into something? How did nothing result in intelligent life? How did, how did an explosion result in living, breathing, loving, unique beings? And that's when I started to think about an outside agent. Something powerful but purposeful and personal. And I wondered... Like, could God be real? Like, could that be a possibility? And I didn't, like I said before, I didn't want this to be true. I hated the idea of God existing because it felt threatening to my life, to my lifestyle. The labels and the stereotypes that I, I had personally against, you know, on, well, on religion and spirituality and, and such that played into it, but I eventually I recognized my biases and I knew that I was being closed-minded towards, you know, the alternative, which was God. And so I started researching um, creation theories involving God. And I even took up this world religions class. Again, long story short, I went from being 100% atheist, from believing in nothing, to believing in maybe something. One day, um, and this was after months 
months after months of being immersed in different theories and ideas on how I existed. I was in my car on my way home from class and I was thinking about God and basically what if. And I thought, what if I reached out and some external force from outer space or another dimension would hear my cry of desperation and would give me some sort of validation, some sort of interdimensional sign of some sort that I could hold on to, that, that I could have just, just, to, just to be clear, just to be sure. I was just desperate to know. I just wanted to know, you know? I wanted the answers. So in my car, I got home, I was in my driveway, and in my car, I said a prayer. And I refused to call it a prayer at this time, but I, I was, basically I said, God, if you're real and you really exist, would you not want me to know you? Would you want me to wonder forever about if you exist or would you want me to know you? And I said that, I literally, I said that. And I remember saying, I remember saying, I don't want to be disrespectful to you. But I just, if you're there, I want you to give me a sign and I will believe. And after saying this, like, I can tell you that I felt like, I'll admit that I felt embarrassed and kind of dumb, to be honest, but I had nothing to lose. And like, looking back at this time, like, little did I know, like, little did I know that in the next six months, the next six months would go on to be the most incredible, yet extremely terrifying months of my entire life um, at that point. And really, really strange things started happening to me. Um, I won't go into detail about it right now because I don't have enough time and I might make another video about it, but there was just so much happening in my life and I just couldn't understand it. I, I was having these really vivid dreams and one dream actually reflected a Bible verse, which at the time blew my mind, but it still wasn't enough to believe in God. At the time, I didn't want to believe in the Christian God because in my mind, I thought it was too cliche um, to believe in that specific God. I thought that was closed-minded and I just felt really biased towards Christianity, like against Christianity. And I just... I thought if there was a God, it was not confined to that specific one, if that makes any sense. Hinduism, Islam, Jainism, Buddhism, um, you name it, I knew about it. I was researching it. Um, but it wasn't until I, I finally started to learn about Jesus Christ and his character that I began to change my mind um, a little bit um, in terms of what I felt about Christ and um, Christianity in general. And I was so intrigued. It was, Jesus stood out to me in his teachings and his demeanor. And I started I started studying the Bible and learning about Jesus and the meaning of his life and death and and what he claimed his purpose was for. And, you know, I ended up finding out that his purpose was essentially, like, his purpose was, it was for me. So fast forward to December of 2017, and like I mentioned before, um, during this time, I had been struggling with an eating disorder, um, bulimia and anorexia, um, which had been occurring daily for about four years straight at that point. Um, It 
controlled my entire life. Um, I felt like I was trapped in this violent cycle that would never end, never end. No matter what I did, no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't break out of it. I remember being in the bathroom. I was in the bathtub and I was, I was throwing up. And um, I remember feeling like, um, how long will I keep doing this? How long will I keep this up and will it ever stop? And um, this is the first time I actually broke down this way. I was crying and the water was running and I just felt so enslaved by this addiction, by this disease. And without a premeditated thought, out of nowhere, in my head, I said, Jesus. And um, I said this in my mind. I didn't say it out loud. I said it in my mind. I said, just Jesus in my most vulnerable and desperate state. And I can't explain the feeling. I can't explain the feeling. Um, but it was... love someone loved me I, I stillness peace within seconds immediately I felt the crying stopped I, I not on my own and something had come over my entire being And it was, I, I cannot explain it. I just, there's no, there are no words. I am incapable of explaining the way I felt. It was something I've never, I cannot begin to even try. I, there's love, just the, the closest thing I've ever felt to the feeling, feeling that I had is love, love, peace. The entire room was, it was, it was Jesus. Jesus was with me. And I can't believe, I still to this day, it blows my mind. Like, he saved me in a second, in one second. He had saved me. I'm sorry, I'm trying to, I want to be able to explain to you, let me, let me start, let me start from the beginning, um, the feeling, when I called his name, and I didn't even say, you know, it's not like I said, Jesus, please help me, or I was just talking and talking and praying, and I said his name, I just said Jesus, but I remember in my head, it was like I screamed it. I was so desperate and once I said that it didn't take five minutes or you know a few like it instantly this feeling came over me like the best way I can describe it I have a five-year-old son and when he hugs me when I hug him this feeling comes out of my chest like it's actual perpetuating vibrational like it's love I can feel love for him and the feeling that I had surpassed that it, it and I can't believe I'm saying that because I love my son more than anything in this world but the feeling that I had it was like instead of that love flowing out of me that love was flowing out of something else into my being I cannot even explain it. And it's just, I wish that I could explain it better. I really do. I really do. 
And when this happened, I remember feeling like I wanted to keep crying, you know, like normally if you, if you're crying about something like you want to keep, you want to get it all out. But I physically could not cry anymore. There was just this feeling of like, you're okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm not, I'm just, I'm not only okay, but I felt healed at that very, it felt almost like I never had an addiction to begin with. It was like this darkness, this heaviness that was over me for four years, four years, gone, gone, completely, completely. I went to bed that night shocked in a good way. I mean, I just could not believe what just happened to me. I didn't pray. I didn't, I just went to sleep shocked and for for weeks after this moment my appetite for food like for for bad food um i had no appetite for anything that wasn't good for me and and all i craved were healthy foods and not one time did i want to do that again never one time did i want to like binge eat or like after I ate, I didn't feel like what I normally had felt for four years. And I don't know if, if, if you guys are familiar with eating disorders, but it is like an addiction. It's, it's, a, it's a disease. And it's like when you have to go to the bathroom, when you have to pee, you have to pee, you have to pee. You know, you have to get rid of it. That's how it feels when you have an eating disorder. And it was gone. It was completely, completely gone. And I never felt the need to do it again, ever. Uh, literally never, one, not one time, did I want to do this again. And that, that was, before this happened, that was an impossibility for me. It was impossible for me to stop, impossible for me to get help. And just by saying his name on the spot, it was incredible. It took me a few days to really understand what had happened, what had happened. And um, once I really acknowledged it and I, I knew that it was Jesus, it, it, I, I still can't even fathom that he did that. I, and I've heard, I know, I, you know, I've heard that he cured the blind and he healed the sick and I knew all that but within one second he took away something that I had been dealing with and struggling with for four years there was just no and he gave me the sign that was his sign that was the sign incredible um that was his sign he not only showed me that it's me, Jesus, specifically, but he cured me. And I'm a nobody. I'm nothing. Um, I was a bad person. I, like, you know, look, you look, look at me. I'm just an ordinary person. Um less than I was less than I was just horrible and um I denied him and I I was so far removed from any standard that that was you know relevant to God um but still he he helped me and I will never forget it and I and I and I um a few days afterwards, I gave my life to Jesus Christ, telling the story, saying it out loud like this. It does something. Um, this, this is my testimony. Um, I am telling you from experience, if you call on Jesus Christ, I don't care what you've heard. Just forget everything you've heard and just call on Jesus Christ. Just, just call on him. 
and he will deliver you no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you've done or how far you think you've strayed, he loves you. And for those of you who are skeptical or, you know, the ones who don't believe, I don't blame you. Like I said, if it were three years ago and I was watching this video, I would feel the same way. But I'm telling you with 100% confidence that Jesus Christ really is the answer. And he loves you and he will heal you and he will shelter you. He saves. Jesus saves. Well, there you have it. Jesus saves. What do you What do you mm. think, Corey? What's your thoughts? I wrote down a few oh. talking points here. What do you... What's yeah, your... I wrote down a few too, and I don't know. I've heard this a few times now, and it just gives me chills every time I hear it. You know, uh, I don't know, just just so much to it, Mike. Um, you know, that Alma's story when he says, "Oh Jesus, thou Son of God, have mercy on me," he says, "I'm in the gall of bitterness, encircled about by the everlasting chains of death." You know, isn't this just what she was describing of herself? But but his story, and this is why I think her testimony is so profound. He says, now behold, when I thought this, I could remember my pains no more. You know, this was the first time he had ever called on the name of Jesus. He says, I could remember my pains no more. Yea, I was harrowed up by the memory of my sins no more. He said, oh, what joy and marvelous light I did behold. You know, I have this note that she said, Within one second, he took it away. He, he said, that was the sign. He cured me. And, you know, this fact, she says, I'm a nobody. I'm an ordinary person. And, and she extends this to anyone else that, hey, if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. He, she said within, you know, when this happened that normally you have a good cry and you want to get it all out. She said, I couldn't even cry anymore. I was so happy and joyful that, uh, like Alma just said, I could remember my sins no more. She was like. I'm, I couldn't even cry. I was I was completely surrounded by love, and um, you know it wasn't like this emotional thing. It was a fact. <laughs> yeah, here's a, a beautiful verses. Alma seventeen eighteen. He he says following up. He says, and oh, what joy and marvelous light I did behold! Yea, my soul was filled with joy as exceeding was my pain. I say to you, my son, that there can be nothing so exquisite and bitter as were my pains. And again, I say to you, my son, on the other hand, there can be nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy. Yeah. She, if you, if you click on the link and actually watch the video, she's not a, a polished speaker. She's just sitting on a bed and, um, and somebody, she's not even using notes either. No, she's somebody's edited the, the, you could tell it's edited that it was probably went a little long, but she, uh, She's just sitting there talking from her heart. And one thing, so Corey, how would you describe, I would describe her as honest and humble. You know, at the very beginning, she said um, that she was an atheist and that she would become angry whenever people talked about Jesus. Not Allah, mm-hmm. not not Buddha, not any other mm-hmm. one, but for whatever reason, when people talked about Jesus, uh, she would become angry, but something happened along the way. And she said she started staying after class and asking her professor questions like, you know, I don't, she didn't want to believe in a God because she said it was going to affect her lifestyle. But, but she was asking honest questions like, where did the first life come from then? How did something be created out of nothing? Yeah. You know, Enos in that short book in the, in the Book of Mormon he talks about when he went out in the woods and he had recalled hearing about this Jesus from the things his father said. And then he simply says, and my soul hungered, period. And I kneeled down before my maker and I cried to him, you know, all day. And he said, when the night came, I didn't stop my cry. But, you know, isn't doesn't that just feel like the same emotion that she has, that she shares, Ina shares, you know, I hungered. I wanted to know her questions that couldn't be answered by the professors. Yeah, I wrote down quotes. She said, I was obsessed. She took science classes. She said, I was I was obsessed. How did nothing evolve into intelligent life? And I th- I think that's the difference. We've we've probably seen videos of like angry atheists, you know, almost mocking, like, yeah. Well, if that's so good, then why did this and blah, but but 
this was a questioning from a different place. I think she yeah. was, she was, uh, yeah, it wasn't like she was wanting to disparage and challenge. Right. It. She just wanted, to she know. really wanted to know. And, and as my friend told me, you know, we're created to seek God blesses and loves the honest seeker. And she, I think this kind of, um, maybe this kind of personality or this kind of attitudes, probably not very, uh, common. In, no, it's anymore. not very, not very prevalent, but you know, her situation and being rebellious is very prevalent, but it's that change to even just want to say, you know, Hey, give it a try. She mentions she was in her car, you know, b- before this major moment where, uh, you know, I, I I'm just, I'm going to use the word. It's the same thing that happened to the Lamanites in the prison. They were baptized by the Holy ghost. They were instantly changed, you know, and this, um, this is the sign, right? That he says, Hey, who Jesus says, Third Nephi four fifty. Whoever comes to me with a broken heart and contrite spirit, I will baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost, just like I baptized the Lamanites and knew it not. Third Nephi chapter four verse fifty in the RLDS. And so, this is extended to all. I mean, I, what I love so much about this testimony is that it bears on every level the message of what the Book of Mormon extends to everyone. He says, whoever comes to God, broken heart, contrite spirit, he will baptize with fire and the Holy Ghost. He will change him. And, and we have to understand that as a restoration. That's how God operates. That's his principle. I like I like her her path that she went on. She said she was uh she was driving in her car and and she had this thought like if you if you really are a God wouldn't she want me to know you? Yeah, and, and you know she adds and, how how she felt kind of embarrassed and dumb by that. Right, she said, I have nothing to lose. She said, "I refuse to call it a prayer," but 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 even in that question, I noticed that there was respect there because she said, "She said, God, would you want me to know you?" She said, "I didn't want to be disrespectful." I mean, this is a person that has no idea of of even. You know, we're disrespectful to Gossenhaus. She didn't even know him, but she didn't want to be disrespectful. If you're there, wouldn't you want me to know you? And I love how at the end she says, if you want to come to Christ, forget everything you know. Forget everything, you know, all of the, maybe all the stuff surrounding Christianity and religion or traditions of whatever faith you're in or questioning. Just forget it. And she went straight. It was like she was going straight to God. Mm-hmm. She didn't want... She said, I didn't, you know, want to be, she thought Christianity and religion was like a way of controlling and, you know, she didn't believe in all that, but she wanted to go straight to the source. And that, uh, it's amazing that God doesn't turn away someone who's honestly seeking him. You know, I I didn't know we were going to touch on this testimony today when we knew we were going to get together for a podcast, but. I had a conversation with someone I've known for many years just this morning. And uh, it's interesting because I was at the same point with this person who I, I know and love very much that um, this person just going through a period of questioning, you know, someone who's kind of like so many raised in the church and everything. And then maybe it isn't all true, but, you know, coming back to this point where sometimes when we're in hard times, you realize that God's the one who says, Hey, if you lack wisdom, come to me. I won't upbraid you. You know, I'm not going to slap you on the head and say, Hey, stupid. Um, and it's like, he's the one who says, Hey, if you ask, I'll answer. If you knock, I'm going to open. If you seek, I'm going to show you where to find. And he extends that knowing that it's within our nature to want to doubt. And, and as I shared with this person, I'm just kind of sharing from my heart, I said, you know what? God doesn't, turn his back on you or think less of you because you go through a period of questioning because he's the one who tells us, no, when it's going to be normal to have questions, but know that you can ask me and I, and I'm not going to turn my back on you. She said she struggled for four years every day. I don't know what that... I don't know what, what that would even look like, but I can't imagine being, she said I was controlled and I, mm. you know, throwing up, you know, binge eating bad food and then throwing up. And, and before she had this experience, she said this, 
I had never asked this before, but I asked, how long am I going to be controlled like this? You yeah, know, is she it, didn't is use the word ever, enslaved. Enslaved. She, yeah. Is it ever going to end? And that's when, uh, it, she said, I didn't even say a prayer. She said, I just, she went from saying when she heard the name Jesus, she'd become angry mm-hmm. to starting to read about his character in the Bible and starting to be intrigued by him to just saying his name. And she said, I wouldn't even call it a prayer. I didn't even, I just thought his name. I didn't even say help me. I just thought his name and immediately I was healed. And she's, if you watch it, she's, she's fumbling for words. And that's what I really like is she can't put into words <laughs> what, what happened. She, she does a pretty good job, but, but she's like, I, I just, I can't explain. It was, what, what about what she said? This is going to sound bad, but the love, I love how she said it. When I hug my son, yeah. something comes out of my chest. She's trying to explain this, this intangible feeling we have when we hold. But she said, this was greater than the love for my son. I love that. I love it because I felt like she was so articulate leading up, you know, describing her situation leading up to this. And then she's at a loss for words. It's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's, you know, what do we say that peace that passes all understanding here it is right here. You know, she's feeling it. It reminds me of the uh, the Rich Mullins lyric. There's a love that is fiercer than the love between friends, or greater than a mother's when her baby's at her side. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. when you say something's greater than the mother's love for her child. That's that's saying a lot from yeah. from yeah. our understanding. You know, Alma says, I, "I just love the parallelism here. There can be nothing so." Exquisite and bitter as were my pains, and that's where she was. And then she says, in one second, she said, there was nothing so exquisite and sweet as was my joy, you know, just like him. And it's like, here's, <clears throat> this is what it means. She's, and and then she says, and I've never wanted to go back. I mean, she, 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 yeah, she said I, she started craving healthy food for weeks after that, didn't want bad food, and never once has had to experience this mm-hmm. again. And, and you know, it just, it's like the immediacy of it is, is part of what is so beautiful about this testimony too, because, you know, it, it isn't like this for everyone. Sometimes none of us feel like we're in this dark, deep hole in life that we can't find our way out. You know, some of us never get that low into anything, but, but, but yet sometimes we do or are and aren't even aware of it yet at the same time, um, God's power to change instantly can happen even if we aren't feeling in a dark spot because he's, he's the same God who loves us all. But, you know, what's, what I love about this too, Mike, is um, I won't go to the scripture, but there's a place in the New Testament where this woman who had been a known adulteress and harlot comes in front of the Pharisees and, you know, is... is um, blessing Jesus and crying and, and, and worshiping him. And, and the Pharisees are saying, well, if this guy had really been a prophet, he would have known what kind of woman this was, right? And didn't have, you know, and now we know he's a fake, right? Because he wouldn't let her touch him. But you know what Jesus does? He turns around and he said, no, he said, you know, and he, and he says, he gives this example of which one is going to love more, the one who was forgiven more, right? And, and, but then he adds this. He said, so wherever this gospel is told, I want you to tell the story of this woman. And that's in the Bible. It's in King James. Mm-hmm. Now, we almost never hear that story, you know, from Paul. But, but the whole point is um, this woman is the same way. I mean, you, you look and see how much she, she makes it sound like there was no good aspect of my life. You know, the habits and the, and the belief structure and the and, and everything her life was focused on was there was no standard towards God, and yet instantly he brings her about. Well, that's the power of knowing you've been changed is knowing that I knew who I was, and I'm not that anymore. I'm I was a that. nobody. She said, yeah. I, was a, I was a nobody, and he cured me. And I, w- I was thinking of that woman, too, that when you're, when you're healed by much or when you're forgiven by much, then— your, you know, your love, your thankfulness is so great. And that, I was thinking of the lady that God healed, and I, I picture her being like, you know, Mary Magdalene or whatever. If, if Jesus was here, I bet she wouldn't leave his side, but would just follow him. So great is her love for him, right? You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing to me that, um, 
I don't know. For for me growing up, I think I mentioned this in the beginning of the podcast, but again, it's like we have to realize that it's more than just finding out that God restored the church. And what I love about the story of the Book of Mormon is, yeah, a, a church and structure has been restored, but but more than that, uh, a process by which we learn that God won't turn his back on anyone and he will change us and he offers this new life in him. You know, whether you've ever heard of the gospel or not, it's like the same offer is there to everyone and that the process is ultimately the same. It's when we call on him and when we want him to be in us and we don't even know why. For her, it was just a name. For for Alma, it was just a name he had heard. Mm-hmm. Right? But he gave it a try and, and the instant power that was manifest because of it. Yeah, it's amazing. She said, um, she said, I gave my life to Christ shortly after that. And I, it seemed like to her, what that meant was, was sharing her story. And she said, and this is my testimony. When I share this, when I talk about it, 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 it feels, you know, there's something there, you know? So to her following Christ now is sharing her testimony, her simple testimony that I was a nobody I was sick. I was enslaved, and he healed me. Yeah, yeah. In a minute, in a, yeah. in a moment's notice. You wonder how many Nephites that day when the prison was on fire, and Lehi and Nephi, the missionaries, were surrounded by fire, and then the wicked people who were about to kill them were now surrounded by fire, and they were told, you know, hey, how do we get this darkness away? And they said, you got to call on the name until you have faith, and and they did that. And then God says, hey, and I, you're baptized by fire and the Holy Ghost. You know, he, he tells them this. So I wonder how many of those Lamanites then went out because it said there was about 300 or so. And, you know, they go up to these Nephites and they say, we were bloodthirsty Lamanites, but now, you know, we love you. Here, you know, let's hug. You know, it's like, how many of them said, right, yeah, sure. You know, it's like, no, we've had the gospel for generations. We We know about, you know, salvation, but it's like, no, but look at me, I'm changed, you know? Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to stir this up, but, you know, when someone's changed like this young woman, it's no different than the people in the Book of Mormon, but but how does God deny someone a place at his right hand for eternity when this is exactly what he says, I'm going to do for you, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, this this is salvation. Call it anything you want, but there's a lot of people who won't because, We've narrowed the way that we think you coming in, you know, starts. There's many instances, more than just this girl's example, but that are scriptural where it's like God changes someone's heart instantly. And and that's being baptized by the Holy Ghost. Their water baptism or whatever might come later. But re, even regardless of that, it's like that change is undeniable and it's yeah. with him forever. Born again. She, she seems... You know, I don't know her personally. She seems to be have been born of the spirit. Uh, I don't know how else you would describe that. Enslaved and then set free, and enslaved and set free, and um, and a love greater than the love even for her her son. And I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's something to just to say that, and it's like, wow, you know, it's real. Um, well, I just wonder too. Is you know, are we going to see and hear more of these things? Is this a sign of the times? You know, when when God says, "I'm going to my I'm going to pour out my spirit upon the 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 young men and the handmaidens." You know, Joel says this in the last days, and is this the type of example of that? I wonder if to me, it's like this. This has probably been going on for for all time and in all places. It's just now we have an opportunity for things like this to go out and be shared among many. I mean, think about how many other people have had an experience like this that, you know, you, you just wouldn't know if somebody was in another state or another country. And and now we have a way to just put these, you know, testimonies out there and hear about them. God, I think, has been working like this, um, not just in a snapshot in a book of scripture we have, but he is the same yesterday, today, and forever in his love for all all his creation. Yeah. It'll come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, upon your sons and daughters, and they shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and upon my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days my spirit. 
and they shall prophesy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I hope you listeners find this uplifting. Um, this tells about the character of God, and we are told that um, because of his faithfulness, because of his mercy, that we are able to exercise faith in him. He does not want to condemn any of us to hell. He doesn't want to condemn any of us to um, eternal uh, life without him. He would that every soul be saved that responds. And I believe he is enticing us and calling us until he can no longer grab a hold of anything good within us. And so if we don't reject him, his goal is to be merciful and to bring us home to him. You got anything else, brother? No, I appreciate you sharing this today, Mike. I think it's been great to hear this testimony. I'm glad you shared it with me, and now we've shared it with many others. Uh, So there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to watch the video. Um, Pass it along. Share it with someone else. And And while you share it with someone else, just remember, we are all just walking each other home. Amen. (laughs)